0: We're in Philippians, as you know, um, at least I think you know this, if you don't know it, you should know it, (laughs) Uh, still in chapter 1, and um, we're in that point of um, dilemma, tension, whatever you would perhaps wish to call it, in um, Paul's life. Let's review a couple of things. Paul Paul is writing this epistle (coughs) uh, to the Philippians. He is in prison. He's in Rome, in prison. And um, he is awaiting uh, the uh, situation is described a bit in in the end of the book of Acts. But He's awaiting his accusers who would have to come from Jerusalem uh, to make charges against him before Caesar. Uh, The maximum amount of time, according to codified law in Rome, that he would have to wait would be two years. And so we're assuming it's in that two-year period that he writes this uh, this book, this letter. And this is a letter to the Philippians that is one of the... Uh, I'm not sure I want to use the word intimate. It certainly is one of the most very personal letters that Paul ha- uh, has written, uh, the 13 at least that we have in the scriptures. And a lot of very personal comments, uh, a lot of things that have touched him deeply that the Philippians have done, we'll see a lot more of it as we get further into the book. But picking up in the paragraph from 19 through 26, Paul uh, is expressing, we kind of were in the middle of this last week, so we didn't quite finish it, but Paul is expressing the hope that he has. But as he expresses that hope, he expresses attention that you don't always see in Scripture. And it's a tension between whether he should go home to be with the Lord, in other words, the potential of facing execution, which he could face if he were found guilty, or going on living. And in uh, page 9 of your notes, I just... This isn't original with me because I can't draw a stick man. that's recognizable. So... This is uh, someone did this for me, but it is it is a reflection of this dilemma, if you will, that Paul is is uh, is uh, is in, and it's the the visual is in the form of a of scales or a balance, and it, it in a way that is really perhaps how he's d- looking at it. To die is to go to be with Christ. To die is to. Is to, uh, is to have a gain and to depart from this world and all the struggles that go with it, whereas to stay, to, to go on living, to meet the needs of others, uh, the, the fruitful work of Christ that could be continued to be developed in the Philippians uh, and others' lives. And so <clears throat> it's captured in 21, verse 21 of chapter 1, For to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor, and I do not know which to choose. So you have this tension, and I I honestly believe that's one of the best words to describe this, this tension in his life. I really would like to go home with the Lord. I would really like to do that. Because to die is to gain. But to live on is fruitful labor for you. It's, it's part of what God's called me to do, that Paul's saying. And I do not know which one to choose. If I'm hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, this is very much better. That's what I'd really like to do. But he seems to resolve it with what he says in verse 25 and following. And we'll get to that in just a second. Let's talk just a little bit more if we could about this tension about this um, this struggle, this dilemma that the Apostle Paul is reflecting do you do any of you find it possible to identify with him in this? do you know anyone Uh That you've seen in them. You've heard them talk, you've maybe even had an extended conversation with them, but they reflect some of the same tension that Paul feels. Do you you know what I'm getting at?
1: I absolutely do. Several years ago, I had a very serious heart attack, and I was in the heart cath lab at Methodist Hospital, and I didn't know whether I was going to live or die. And this verse was very much in my mind. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And as, I, as I lay there, I thought, well, you know, this heartbeat could be the last, and I remember thinking, well, gee, that would be wonderful, because mm-hmm. where I'm going is going so much mm-hmm. better than where I am. Um, but maybe in a more practical way, then he's looking at spiritual labor here, but I was looking at my family, and sure. I've got a 16-year-old son. Mm-hmm. He probably needs a father. I've got a wife. She probably mm-hmm. needs a husband. I, I guess I wasn't thinking about it so much in ministry, but anyway...
0: Well, you know that is Jim. I mean, it's a ministry. It's to your wife, to your kids. That is just as valuable as standing in a pulpit and preaching. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's an excellent illustration from your own personal life of that. Why did you, why did you have the, it, I'm going to say it this way: Why did you have the audacity to say, man, it's a good thing if I do die? Right? How could you look at it that way? Huh? That's a pretty audacious thing to say, sir.
1: <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I mean, I had such an absolute peace about my circumstance, and, you know. And um, Job said, "You know, though he slay me, yet I will trust him." Mm-hmm. That verse was also in my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, if he chooses to take my life, take my life, I knew it was the best. It was the best outcome in his plan. Um, so I'm mean, going to have all sort of confidence that uh, I mean whatever solution whatever direction he chose
0: be right. Maybe. why did you have such confidence? Um,
1: well,
0: I, I guess I had a faith okay that's the word I was looking for <laughs> your faith uh, your faith in the Lord and all that he had accomplished you appropriated to your life by, by faith gives you a certainty a hope Okay. Good. That's excellent. Anybody else? Do do you know what I'm getting at here? Of course
2: I do. Uh, I had a near-death adventure last year, almost a year ago right now. Mm. The 15th of October last year I was in the hospital and I didn't realize how sick I was, Mm. but I gradually became aware of it. I had aspirated blood clots into my lungs and got pneumonia, you know. And after the fact, I wondered uh, if God had something else for me to do, you know, because I did come through it. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, my pastor called, called me up on the, oh, I don't know, up there with him. And uh, someone else was about to go into surgery, and uh, they wanted to give them some encouragement. Mm. And I was able to, you know, I never... I think you have to have a test to have a testimony, and <laughs> right now I have one, and I was able to share that, that you know, it's through the glory of God that I feel like I'm alive today, you know, and that uh, I I didn't I didn't know he was going to blindside me like that and call me up there, <laughs> so I wasn't really prepared and I was able to share that, uh, and my wife said it would have been neat if I could have shared that he must have something else for me to do, mm-hmm. but... I I just didn't have it all together you know, my testimonies so maybe next time I'll have it but uh, in reference to that there are struggles in this life and I I think that people get tired they get wore out and Mm -hmm. if they have faith in Christ and and are truly a Christian they they don't find it so threatening to go and be with your maker you know, because they truly believe that that's what's going to happen and I think that's a process you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that
0: I'm, I'm experiencing. Absolutely. So. Oh, I'm rather certain this won't be the last time you'll be able to share your testimony. Right. I'm pretty sure that's going to happen time. That's great. That's great, Woody.
2: My mother was really <clears throat> tired. She had cancer and she was looking forward to being with her maker. She mm-hmm. was a godly woman. And, uh, she says that she just hoped she didn't have a struggle getting out of this life. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, yeah, she did kind of, but we were able to be the caregivers of her family. And, and she lived right across the street from me and mm-hmm. my brothers and sisters. Uh, so that helped, yeah. we all, you know, participated in her food and, you know, praying over. And I was able to be by her bedside when she passed and I, mm. I, I, I gave her that freedom you know I said mom you've done enough you've fought it hard enough you've been great for the whole family <coughs> you know go and be with your Lord. Mm. So yeah I can see like Jim you know it, it, there are struggles.
0: And, and to be able to say as a statement of faith in verse twenty one, to me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. That both of those statements live as Christ, to die is gain are tremendously important statements <clears throat> of faith, but they're the reality of what really should be our perspective about things. Sometimes I think it's it's more difficult for um now this is a general statement, I, I know there are This isn't always true. But I think it's a little difficult sometimes for a real young person, like a teenager, to read a verse like 21 and say, that's my life verse. You know know what I mean. Some people claim a life verse. That's often not the case. Because to live is crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But to die is gain. Wait a minute. I remember when Joanna was was growing up. She (laughs) would say, yeah, now, now, Dad, the, the Lord is coming back. Yes, he's coming back for us. That's the next thing we look forward to. And she said, <clears throat> I really want to get my driver's license before that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, like, oh my real practical thing, you know. She isn't saying to die is gain, but it was just, yeah, and that's a very, that's not a sinful thought or anything like that. It was just such a, that's Joanna, blatantly transparent. She's not holding anything back. And then, little things like that throughout her life she would say, but uh, as you get older, or various struggles and stresses of life, I think a verse like this becomes more and more meaningful I'm really seeing that in my brother-in-law Tim, I think I've shared with you he's dying of a very rare disease but uh, he's, he's, I think he used that word, Woody, he's really getting tired, and not, not only physically tired, but just tired of this struggle to just live. Because every day it's a struggle for him. Every Tuesday he, he takes twelve pills that are steroids. They're absolutely necessary for him. It's one of the seven things they're doing. And it's thirty six hours of real being really, really sick. This is every week. And that's just you know that the struggle of that. And then looking every week he looks forward to that and he gets certain shots and almost all of them have effects and so on. And yet he's a, he, he's a fighter, but I, I've, just, I've watched that he's really getting tired. And he, the one thing he talks, he, I don't know how many times I've heard him say that, it is wonderful to just think of going home. And, you know, that, that metaphor of home, he doesn't mean the house where he lives. He means heaven. He's going to be with Christ. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 8, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's a, that's a fact that's a certainty and we claim that by faith so this um, this little brief passage that uh, Paul bears his soul to the Philippian church and and talks he's in prison Uh, if if this works out according to the way Rome would want it uh, he'll be executed the trial will occur, his accusers will come he'll more than likely be found guilty and be executed the sense is that his accusers never did come and he was released, but that's not that's not the main point. But I want you to notice something in verse 25 and 26. The whole tone seems to change. It it, it just it's like everything seems to change. It's like he's resolved it. And it is doubtful that. There's anything that's changed in terms of his circumstances, but he says, But I'm convinced of this. In verse 25, I know that I shall remain and continue with you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that your proud confidence in me may abound in Christ Jesus through my coming to you again. What's the change of the tone? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand my question? How do you, how's the tone of of what he's been saying? How's it changed here? He talks less about going away to be with the Lord and more about okay, well,
1: this is the life that I'm destined to live. So I'm going to focus more on being here. What do you
0: what do you sense from verse twenty twenty five? What what does he think is going to happen?
2: Joy and determination. I'm sorry. Joy
0: and determination. Certainly, that's true, but I, I'm looking. I'm trying. Yeah, they what, what, what do you think? What do you think he's convinced of? What? What do you think he's convinced is going to happen?
2: These people are going to find the Lord and, and progress, uh, and he's going to get joy out of that. They're going to have faith, and he's going to get joy out of that, knowing that he's doing what the Lord is asking him to do. Seems like he's convinced that he's going to be released.
0: Yeah. I mean, all that you've, everybody said is right, but there's one other thing I think we can factor in there. I know that I shall remain and continue with you. There's not a lot of ambiguity there. There's not a lot of lack of clarity. He seems to have resolved it with a certainty, a conviction. You know, I really think I'm going to be released. Now, you know, commentators then go nuts with that. Why? You know, I I don't think we know. Maybe it's nearing the end of the two-year period. As I told you, the Roman law was that you you could wait a maximum of two years for your accuser to show up, and if didn't show up, you're released. Maybe that's what he means. Maybe just a statement of his personal faith that I do not believe, as much as I want to do this, I do not believe God's going to call me home yet. I'm going to continue, and I'm going to remain. But did you? there's a great word, and I'm sure Woody saw that. There's a great word in verse 25 for your progress progress in what? Faith, faith. I'm sorry? faith in their faith their life their sanctification their uh, their walk with God because in this we know both historically as, and from the scriptures that Paul played a very strategic role in the lives of these people and so he sees that I am going to remain for a time, a, a more more time here, a, a block of time, for your progress and joy in the faith. And so it's just, it it's just to me. Um, I remember this many years ago. The first time I studied this, I come to verse five. Oh my goodness, the tone of this has changed. There's no longer this tension and dilemma and struggle, Iram. I am convinced. I know. <laughs> That I am gonna I'm gonna remain and I'm gonna continue with you.
2: Where I thought after I realized I was gonna be healed like I thought that there must be something else I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know. And I and I, and I ask I pray about it and I ask what it is, you know. And that it would give me a sign and um, Paul knew, you know? mm-hmm. and and it's good that he spoke. They say if you speak, what you speak is kind of self prophecy. You know, I don't know if that's correct, but I've heard that. So if you speak your faith, uh, you may even have more.
0: I think uh, to, to speak and express your convictions, your faith, what, what you regard as certain, uh, your certainty, yeah, absolutely. And that's what Paul's doing. And what do you, you know, just...